Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mister. I am Mister Pierre, and I am joined by Principal Mickey Sannon. And so happy to have yet again another fantastic uh, conversation with you. And going with the same uh, theme, if we will, for this month. It seems the last couple of conversations have been with individuals who are stepping into new roles. And so I want to sort of just lead with that of like, how are you and sort of what is new in your world? Hey, I am very good. I just stepped into a new executive director role at a charter network. And so in the charter world, your executive director is equivalent to your superintendent in a school district. Awesome, uh, and awesome. I started officially July 1st. So I'm like, rounding out month number four on the job. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. And if if we could, or if I could, um, how did that all come about? What led to you stepping into this new role? I think that uh, there's like this thing that's like uh, opportunity happens when you're like prepared <laughs> for it. Yep, yep. Uh, and so like I had started pursuing my superintendent licensure partially because at some point, I started asking questions about how policy is made, who's at the table when policies are being made, especially in regards to black and brown children. Um, and I think all of us have seen some like seismic shifts in schools over the last couple of years. And so wanting to be in the room at the very least when questions and decisions are being asked and made. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't have a timeline. I've never put a timeline on my career. Uh, so I like started the program and was minding my business and a recruiter called and the recruiter was like, hey, we're launching this uh, search for an executive director for a charter school in your region. Um, would you be interested? And my immediate response was like, you got the wrong person. I'm not your person, uh, but I can tell you four other people who I think you should reach out to who I think are really qualified for the job. And like a, like a week later, the recruiter calls me back and like, hey, I call those people. I appreciate you connecting me with those people. <laughs> but all of those people had your name on their list also. So I think you're selling yourself short. Um, Interesting. And oh, so that was... If I could ask was, you. Yeah. Um, why, did, why was your initial reaction to think of others and not necessarily yourself? I, I look young, but I am young. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think really quite honestly, there is, there's always like imposter syndrome. When I think of, if you think of your own superintendent growing up, you really think of someone with, with some white hair, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you think of like a school district, the superintendent is usually a middle age, oftentimes male, uh, educator. Yep. 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 And in the charter world, the charter world is actually almost entirely run like most charter networks are founded by white men um and so like i hadn't seen many examples of a charter network being led by a person of color that is actually changing i think in the boston mm. area 50 percent of charter leaders at like the top uh, position is a person of color but i my uh, my immediate reaction was like, I don't fit the prototype, nor do I have the years of experience or the white hair uh, to, to fit into that. 
Um, and I genuinely had thought maybe I'd work myself up to a type of position. So like maybe eventually I'd be like an assistant, you know, superintendent or like work on a network team or a regional team before stepping into an executive director role. All right. All right. So I hear the imposter syndrome. I'm familiar with that. Uh, I'm familiar with always feeling a little less than, and also you talking to, um, yeah, when you don't see, it's a little difficult to like, all right, I can step into this thing that I don't see anyone who looks like me. Or like you mentioned, if I'm, everyone who's in that position is so much older. Yowzers with the white hair for, 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 (laughs) cause you're absolutely right. It's, who are making these decisions because it just doesn't seem like it's someone who has been in the classroom within the last five to 10 years. So props to you, props to you. And what was sort of, what were the like, sort of like um, things that you did that enabled for that, I guess, recruiter to reach out to you because you weren't actively looking for it, but obviously someone saw it. No, I think that, Uh, I think the advice that many people give you that's like applicable in almost everything in life is uh, keep keep a wide network, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've worked with a lot of people, a lot of people who I have a lot of deep respect for. um, Mm -hmm. And when they called on me for favors, when I could, I did. Um, And when, you know, when I needed a favor, I reached out. When I needed someone to kind of like bounce an idea off of, I would reach out. And so I think uh, just keeping an open dialogue with folks that you work with previously um, helped me in that regard. I also like did a few things beyond my day job, right? So like every year I did like, you know, my nine to five, but when I could, if someone asked me to like speak on a panel or participate, you know, like help out coach somebody, do just like that 1% that felt doable, I did. And yeah. so over the years, I, I accumulated enough experiences outside of my day day job uh, mm-hmm. to, to speak to the different types of experiences that you need to have. Um, and then quite honestly, I think I've always been a learner. So I like mm-hmm. try to keep myself up to speed on things that made me better at what I did. I really took being a school leader. I took being a teacher really seriously. I took being a school leader really seriously. And so... Whenever I could extend my learning, do better, even when it wasn't really required of me, when it felt feasible and possible, I did it. I engaged in the learning. Um, and so when someone came around and was like, hey, can you do this thing? I'm like, you know what? You're right. I can think about business. I haven't had to think about this in this capacity, but like I have the knowledge. I have the skill sets. Uh, and so I'm ready when you tap me in to put me into the game. Let yeah. me try my hand at it. Um so I think all of those things helped kind of like set a path and like made me feel somewhat confident going into the role. Uh, but like everything, you really don't know what you don't know until you get there. So there's 100%. definitely been a steep learning curve thus far. You're, you're saying so many things that um, a lot in the community who listen to the podcast have also repeated of, of it's just nice to be able to link up with a person who's done the thing when you are just thinking about the thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this podcast birthed from having conversations in that lunchroom with other black men and being like, I'm usually by myself though, to see two other men here with me who, who think differently, but are similar experiences. It's like, so what has worked with the, what has worked with them? I'm able to glean from that. And then also speaking to leaders and speaking to 
people like yourself of like, okay, what's the next step? What's a possible next step? What are the options? So that, like you said, if you're always ready, then you don't need to get ready when yeah. it's time to get into the game <laughs> to yeah. make that lateral shift or a vertical, whatever you're, because you've been preparing, you've been doing, um, you're able to do. It. And even though there is a little bit of that imposter syndrome, I can, uh, I can speak to that. Once you're into the game, you're like, oh, I actually do have the skills to be mm -hmm. able to do this. And the, the practice of actually being in the game, if you will, um, yeah, it makes it a whole lot more, more doable. So yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. What are some things that you are experiencing now as, um, well, what is your, I guess, official title, if you could repeat? I'm an executive director. Executive um, director. So it's like my official title. And I think different charter networks will do it different. So like you'll have a charter network that will call the same role, the CEO. Mm -hmm. um, and there are other charter networks that use uh, the public, public school nomenclature. So I'm like the superintendent. So I like mm -hmm. sign off as superintendent when I need to. And the things that you would have to think about on a day-to-day -day basis, say as a teacher versus being a principal, and now from going from principal to um, a superintendent, um, how have those skills, being from a teacher to a principal, how has it helped you to now be able to be at this position and not feel completely overwhelmed to be able to say like, oh no, I can, I do this and I do this well, even though it's month four. <laughs> um. I think and most educators are multitaskers. Mm -hmm. And so I got really comfortable, especially as a teacher, right? Like you like you have the teacher that'll tell you have you you have the eyes in the back of your head, right? Like you are doing many things, right? Like you're attending to someone's wound, you're teaching a lesson, you're you're a tech support, you do a lot of things in the classroom. And as a principal, you're doing similarly a lot of you're wearing a lot of different hats. I think as an executive director, I think I just do that at a bigger scale. So like I'm constantly shifting what I am thinking about. My priorities are constantly changing throughout the day. I have to be able to compartmentalize very quickly. So really, mm -hmm. my eight o'clock meeting may be radically different than what my nine o'clock meeting is. So I have to be able to be ready to shift my mindset to be able to engage in a different conversation at all the different points. And then like we know, you know, kids bring the energy and the excitement be able to respond when something completely unplanned happens and be like, well, we got to pause. <laughs> Here's the situation. <laughs> Someone pulled the fire alarm. Like, whatever happened. Like, now we got to, now we got to engage. Right. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. And so I think, I think if you think about it in that way, I'm doing literally what your classroom teacher is doing, just amplified and with a lot more balls up in the air, just being juggled. Got it. Got it. So knowing that, and we'll, we'll keep the, teacher analogy of <laughs> the multitask juggler of having to keep all these things up in the air, make sure nothing falls and cracks and breaks while also attending to these little ones who don't know how to regulate so well, and maybe some adults who don't know how to regulate as well. <laughs> but um, what is keeping you, because what I've found um, for myself is that I've got to find something joyous I think we've spoken mm -hmm. about it too of like, hey, what's that thing that I do in the classroom where the kids benefit from it? But it's really, I'm doing it because I know that this is going to keep me, keep me going. So if it's me playing the music during class, it's like it's beneficial to the kiddos. It's like, no, 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 I need to hear Whitney right now so that I can <laughs> get to a place to be able to help student A, student B, and student C, and then make sure that the other adults um, on campus or parents at home also are, are, uh, if you will, juggled correctly as well. 
What's doing that for you right now? Um, a couple of things. I think, I mean, like, I don't have all the power, but I definitely have the power to, like, start crafting the team that brings me joy. So I've definitely chosen people and created a team, put people around me that bring some joy to doing work that's really hard. Uh, so one is like getting the team that you need to help support you in doing really difficult work. I think secondly, I actually genuinely love my job. Like I genuinely love seeing black and brown kids be black and brown kids, right? Like I want to see you recording a TikTok. I hopefully it's not during class time, right? Like I want you to <laughs> keep it going. I want to see the hairstyles. I want to see your baby hairs on fleek. Like all of that gives me energy. So like genuinely just walking through the hallway, and I love, I love, especially our black and brown kids, they let you know how they are feeling. They have no filter. So just mm -hmm. me hanging out in the hallway, I will have like at least 15 interactions that refill my cup, right? Everything from like, Miss, I love your hair, to Miss, okay, I'm here, I'm feeling those earrings, to Miss, can I ask you a question? Like all of that energy genuinely brings me joy and refills my cup, especially in the role that I'm in where I am like almost entirely not student focused. So like yeah. not student facing, so I have very few purposeful moments in my day where I where I am required to be the adult in the room with kids. So right. me seeking out those moments, those pockets of joy, uh, showing up to like, you know, like the student, the student council meeting, like going to a basketball game, seeing our kids at dismissal, that actually brings me a whole lot of joy. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful to hear. And I'm hoping that anyone else who listens to this knows to do the same of, because what I heard you say was one crafting a team, mm -hmm. um, making sure the people around you, making sure that the people who you're interacting with or who are interacting with you are the, that there's a vision there that y'all see things yeah. similarly so that you're all working in the, towards the same direction. And yeah, kiddos are going to be just kiddos and being able to continue to get joy from that. That is fantastic uh, as well. So. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, I am always just like happy to see like the next move whenever I'm speaking with you. And how did you craft or how do you, or maybe I think the better question is what is like sort of your vision so knowing mm -hmm. like, from our first conversation, like, Hey, education wasn't initially the goal. And, but I got into it. And once I was into it, I did X, I did Y, I did Z. And I'm also even looking at like a prime B prime, even further down the line so that the teachers who are coming in right now, or the teachers who are in right now, because I'm sure you knew this as a principal, and I'm sure you are seeing even more as a superintendent, there are so many who are choosing to leave for a myriad of reasons and whatever their reasons are, they are valid. That's not why we're going to, we're not going to discuss should they, shouldn't they, their, their choices are their choices. However, for those who are still in the profession and choosing to be in the profession, whether that be for one more year or another 10 years, whatever it is, while you're here, I hope that you are happy to be here. And if you're not definitely, you know, exit stage left and be okay with that. There'll be no shade from, from this direction being thrown to you because I, there's a number of reasons why you'll choose to leave. But for, I guess what I'm asking and asking this long windedly is like, what is, <laughs> what do you keep on your horizon so that you are keep moving? I, 
for me, are you asking for me personally as a professional? Like, what's on my horizon? What's yeah. my influence? Just, the re- I guess what I'm asking is, from a person who's seen you do what you've done from afar, like, I, I just beam with joy. I'm like, yeah, she keeps killing it. At every point, there's always the next thing or the thing that you have done next that seems to have gone really well. And how, how are you, how are you able to do that? Um, I don't think I have a good answer to that. <laughs> and that could be the answer. That could I be think, the answer. <laughs> I think I've been, I have been fortunate to have experienced mm-hmm. a lot of different aspects of education. Mm-hmm. I have engaged with, benefited from, uh, learned from, been mentored by a lot of individuals who take the work of education very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so my long-term and short-term goal is always to foster a space where kids are getting an excellent like experience at school. That's always what I want, right? I think long term, if you ask me, like my ideal job in real, like my ideal dream job, I think to your point, as I see teachers come into this work, as I see novice uh, principals start off in this work, I love to be back somewhere helping craft their thinking before they Mm -hmm. get out into the real world. And so like I am gleaning as many experiences as I can so that one day I can be of service to those individuals. Like I'd love to like, be at a college teaching a class where I'm like, okay, like, um, I think we've all had that. <laughs> what happened? Are you still recording? Yeah. Like, okay. I feel like that's the gem of it, of like, what's that next step is in, I think in short, it's like, how do I give back that you're not yes. looking to hoard all these gems, all these experiences, all, all this knowledge for yourself and like, all right, one day I'm going to be gray haired and I'm just going to sit back and chill. You're like, all right, how do I give it back? Um, yeah. I and think that's, for me, it's like, you know, like we all have that moment of like, I wish someone told me. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, how do I get ahead of that? Right. Like as yeah. a teacher, I'm like, there are so many moments where I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me? We spent mm-hmm. so many, so many course, you know, minutes doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I have never thought about that one random chart that talks about, you know, like <laughs> who knows what <laughs> step, <laughs> right? Uh, versus... You know, I wish someone had told me how to organize my grading so that yeah. I can do it in a sustainable fashion, yep. but is also equitable to giving kids feedback on time, right? Yes. As a principal, I had the same moment. I was like, man, I just wish somebody would hand me a primer, right? I'm a good follow direction type of person. Mm-hmm. I was like, if you handed me a book that told me from step A to step Z, here's how to be a really good principal, I would have followed that book. But instead, the way to become a really good principal is have to like live through these experiences, make some unfortunate situ- uh, decisions, yeah. and learn from your mistakes. And similarly, now that I'm as a superintendent, I have the benefit of managing two principals really closely. And so being able to be in, uh, they're both really early in their careers as principals. So for me to be like, hey, I'm not telling you you have to, but you might want to think about making some folders in your inbox and automating some of these emails so that you're not drowning in 10,000 emails every day. Like, listen, I just, yeah, I'm just going to drop that and then I will walk away. (laughs) And so like, I see myself as their manager. Yes. And I'm also like, I'm, you know, in the state's eyes responsible for making sure learning 
and it's happening in our building. And at the same time, I hope that throughout their time with me, that they get to see me as that person that kind of saved them from a mistake, helped them dig out of um, the dig out of a hole that they unintentionally got into. So, you know, gave them a few gems to your point where, like, I just every time we meet, I'm like, I have an agenda, but I also want to be responsible, responsive to what you need right now. So, like, okay, so let's talk about it. Like, what what are you dealing with? Okay, I I can't. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to require you to deal with that situation in this exact way. But here are some ideas. Here's what I've seen go well, or here's how I've seen it go wrong in my past. And you take with it as you do. And afterwards, we'll talk about it. We'll chat about it. We'll find the learnings, right? Like, that's my goal. I'm doing it with two people. But I want to name that there are a lot of people entering these roles without actual development, right? Um, and so, like, I eventually want to get into a space where I'm able to impact a lot more people so that when they walk into the job, it's not such a steep learning curve. It shouldn't be. Like, you don't want the person in the building who has to do the most learning, the person with the most responsibility, right? Yes. <laughs> like that, that just feels backwards to me. Yes. Uh, yes. Similarly, you don't want kids entering a classroom. The kids need to do a lot of learning, but yet the teacher also is doing like the steep learning curve too alongside them. That just feels, that does not feel right, right? right. In most professions, you know, people are entering, have feeling really good or equipped with the tools to be good at their job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wish that in education, we did a better job of preparing people before they entered into specific spaces. Yeah. Uh, so right now I find myself like, of service to the community that I'm part of, but long-term, I love to be able to be in a space where I catch people before they go out into the real world. Like, hey, in about six months, you're about to leave here and be responsible for 400 children. Here's, here, here's, here are a couple of things. Let's map out your year. Let's think about your entry plan, right? Like, there are some deep and great conversations that need to be had, and they just don't happen enough uh, with enough individuals in education. First, amen. Second, most teachers, I would say, are looking to do the thing that you are, I think you eloquently put it, of like, I just want to give back. If someone would have told me X, Y, and Z before I stepped into X, Y, and Z, then I would feel stepping into X, Y, and Z feel a whole lot better. Because I think a lot of us teachers, I know for myself that first year was just a lot of anxiety of, I know, I know math, I know science, that isn't an issue. How do I effectively give this to the group of kiddos who are in front of me in such a way that one, they authentically see me and two, if they're not at the beginning of the year enthused about the subject, at least, or hopefully by the end of the year, more so than they were at the beginning. And thinking and hearing what you're saying too, of like these two principles who are in front of me, Again, like you mentioned, you don't have to do it exactly like this. However, here are some things that may not be in your line of vision that are going to come from the periphery. So get ready for it. Um, and something as simple as like, yeah, in your in your email, let's automate this. This goes to this folder so that you're not looking at what I can only imagine as superintendent. Or yeah, you you got to read the attendance email yeah, every day unless you have right. a purpose, right? But it got to come to your inbox, right? Like in case something happens, you're like, can I look it up? You know, yep. what's, mm-hmm. was this child missing? Right? Like, I think the other piece that you named, right, we are experiencing such a massive 
exodus in education, yeah. right? Yeah. And and some of it is for a lot of different reasons. I know folks are looking to have a more sustainable life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think about is had some people told me some really specific moves earlier in my career, the job would have felt a lot more sustainable. And I stuck it through, but it shouldn't be a matter of like who can survive that stays, right? Like when I tell people like, I was a principal, I actively had a regular personal life. Like I went home and turned off my laptop and was good till the next morning, right? Well, even now in my current role, when I tell people like, I will almost never be emailing you on the weekend. And if you email me on the weekend, please expect that I will not be answering until probably midday on Monday, right? Like I gotta come in and get my coffee, get my bearings. And like, I'm not promising you nothing on an immediacy, right? Like, but it took me 11 years to get to a place where I have a very good grasp of my boundaries, what I need to do, what's important, what's what could be deprioritized, um, and how to use my time really efficiently. Uh, but I just wonder of the people leaving, if someone had given them some guidance and also giving them permission. Like I had a check-in with my staff, my new staff, like a month ago. And people, they was a listening tour. People were telling me how they were experiencing the start of the school year. And we were talking about work-life balance. And people were like stressed about um, someone sending an email on a weekend. That asked like a real simple question. I was like, so why do you have Outlook on your cell phone? Because if, if you don't have it on your cell phone or if your notifications are off, because... I, as your executive director, I do not have Outlook notifications on my cell phone. So, like, <laughs> if, I, if, if I have not deemed it essential for me to get an actual alert every single time someone emails me, why are you, can I give you permission to unchain yourself from that? Can we, can we take out our cell phones? If it is truly having a negative impact on your mental health, I promise you, if somebody, if somebody was missing, if a child's life was in danger, we will not be sending an Outlook email, okay? And so, like, I think of Outlook as, Outlook is kind of like, it's letting me know which tasks are up, are coming up, which conversations need to be had, which meetings need to be scheduled, but it is not an immediate response uh, tool, right? And so, in our, in our community, we have Zoom chat. Your Zoom mm-hmm. chat lets you know it's like a quick yes, no answer. Or, you know, something's happening, we need you out here or something. But that that for me is immediacy, right? Like, we'll Zoom chat, like, hey, you know, we need, like, we like, hey, do you have five minutes to check in? That's a Zoom chat, you answer yes or no. Uh, but if I send you an email, I'm not, I'm not expecting you to answer in that moment. And if it's Saturday at 2 p.m., I'm not expecting you to answer. I'm not even expecting you to be reading this. I may need to send that email at Saturday at, at you know, 2 p.m., just because of the way my role is set up. But I am mm-hmm. not, it is not set with the expectation that you are engaging with this. And I would rather you not. I want you to go out and be a full human being on the weekend. I want you to go take that hike with your dog. I want you to go to your, you know, your family's house and have that dinner. Like that, that well-roundedness, you living your best life on the weekend will ensure that I have a well-rested, ready-to-go teacher on Monday. And whatever I emailed you about, I promise you, we'll have time to answer it, right? Like, 
So I think moments like that, when I realized that it was like literally critical for me to give people permission to set boundaries. I'm like, oh man, this is just one conversation. And I'm just, I'm wondering how many other conversations need to be had so that people can feel that this work can be sustainable yet, you know, that it can be done, you know, to a level, to a bar that our kids should receive, right? Like I still want us to do excellent work together. We know, especially for serving certain communities, what yeah. it will take for them to be serviced right mm -hmm. um, and well. And I'm sorry, my dog. He's he. he I feel like he your dog. He's mayor. He wants nah. to talk to people. No, nah, I feel like he's just like saying pause. She knows what she's talking about, and she's dropping all the gems. So, like, I feel like that's a a good a moment to to yeah, to literally just pause and be like, you're right. Sometimes it has to be super explicit. And I'm even thinking about myself right now as a teacher of having to, at times, say to kiddos, like, pause. If your homework is taking you one, two, three hours, stop. Have it be incomplete. Come see me tomorrow because homework shouldn't, shouldn't be that long. And having to be explicit with parents, too, of like, if your kid doesn't finish their homework, it's okay. Like if your kid was like, mom, dad, I'm stressed and you try to help and it doesn't help, then stop heaping that onto your kiddo. Cause they're just going to come tomorrow, even more anxious. And maybe they don't even feel comfortable saying like, Mr. I didn't finish my homework. And then th that compounds on a whole bunch of things. So I think that, um, explicitness, I think you've said this a couple of times of like, make, make it super explicit as to what it is that you feel like it's just like a given because I think a lot of teachers and adults have been in systems, have been in communities, have had that culture of like, yeah, the moment I send an email, you need to reply back where you're explicitly saying to your team, nah, kid, <laughs> or nah, sir, no, ma'am, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. That might be the bar you set for yourself, but I will yeah. promise you that if you email me, it's going to take me a heartbeat to get back to you. <laughs> right. Right. Unless I see critical, urgent, please respond. And, and I'm like, if I send you something that really requires your immediate response, I will probably follow it up with some other type of communication. And it will be rare. It will yeah. literally be really explicit and clear why. And once you see, you're like, oh, yeah, this definitely requires my attention. Yeah. But there are other things, too. Like, we had this conversation as a team. We're in a, we're almost like in a space of reckoning in the charter world where for many years, I think it was like a badge of honor to say that we are the ones that craft and write every single thing that our children see, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that as we have moved forward and we are really thinking about the, the bounds and definitions of our role, there's a genuine question for us, at least at our school, is just like, as a teacher, are you also a curriculum writer? Mm -hmm. And does that require a different job title and how is this intersecting with your sustainability so to mm -hmm. your same point right the example of the homework assignment taking forever having the same conversation with teachers with lesson plans i'm like hey if it is taking you until midnight to write your lesson plan and create every piece of material that the kids engage with i think we need to reconsider we, I, I was that teacher. I wrote a lot. I wrote probably every piece of uh, curriculum that I taught. That was over ten years ago, though, yeah. right? Yeah. And 
Do I want for you to be waking up at 3 a.m. to trek to the 24-hour Walmart to pick up the lab supplies? To come? Do I want that for you? I don't know. I don't think I do. That's the answer is no. You to be really no, happy, right? no. Right? So yeah. it's like what, what, let's let's, but you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? So it's kind of like as a community, at what point do we acknowledge that this thing, this task, is having a negative impact on our sustainability? And we need to we need to be okay with doing something slightly different, right? And so for years in the charter world, we wore it as a badge of honor. Like we write our curriculum, we craft everything. I'm like, and you know that there are some really happy people who chose the job of writing curriculum, who yeah. love thinking about scope and sequence and vertical and horizontal alignment. They will do that work for you. Yes, you will still have to do some work because we still need to be responsive to our students. But must you be that person that wrote problem number one on that do now? Like, will it make you a lesser teacher if you start off with some lesson plan that somebody else had initially crafted and you are now at the editing phase or you're now on the personalization or individualization phase or the differentiation phase, right? Like, yeah. at what, like, and, and I think that it, it was like eye-opening for some of my teachers to be like, Oh, I can give myself permission. It does not make me a less of a teacher uh, to be able to say like, hey, you know what? This external curriculum has already been vetted. At the very least, even, even if I'm not happy with 100% of the words written on this piece of paper, someone else has done the back work and I get to start from somewhere, right? Um, yep. And to your point, it's like, go to your manager and tell your manager transparently what, what part of your job is is stressing you out or like they're quite, i was like why are you grading every single thing that this kid has written on the paper like that, that makes sense right like what was the objective for the day what portion of the assignment directly relates to that objective or standard and can you just grade that thing so if your objective was you know like student will be able to identify two literary devices that one sentence where the kid says author uses x literary devices that's the, that's what you're grading. Why are you reading an essay from start to finish times a hundred kids? That's not sustainable. Or like, what's the purpose? What are you doing with that data? Um, and so I'm realizing there are a lot of questions, a lot of conversations that we haven't been having in education for fear of feeling like we're not doing the work. Yeah. And the work is educating kids. The work is also being uh, happy, fulfilled mm. human beings educating these children, right? A martyr is not what our kids need. Nope. Nope. Um, and so I think that that has definitely, you know, to our larger point of like, what are the conversations that need to be had? Give our, give ourselves permission to go to the people responsible for us at work and engage in transparent and honest conversation. Because I think that if we did, and, and I also acknowledge, on the other hand, the leaders who are receiving these um, these conversations need to be ready and willing to engage in that conversation also, right? Like, so I'm not, it has to be a two-way street. There has to be honest, you know, like a, an openness, a willingness. Um, but I do want, like, I'm like, please, yes, if you, if you absolutely cannot do this work with joy, please choose otherwise. However... Yeah. You do, if you really enjoy this work, but there are things that are stressing you out about this work, 
have a conversation. You got nothing to lose. The only thing to lose is our kids. They're going to lose a really great teacher because you didn't have That's a it. conversation. So like, what is it that, that you're, that you're asking? And like, we have a conversation also, like we're not chained to any one community or school setting. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I've, I'm seeing, I've had some conversations with, especially, I think I'm a woman. Right. So like, that I think I'm a woman, right? And so I have, I have a lot of, I'm in my 30s, so I'm having a lot of conversation with teachers, educators, leaders who are also in their 30s. And for us, this is like, you know, prime fertile years, right? Like I have mm-hmm. a child. And for a lot of people, they're like, I feel like I got to give up this work. I'm like, do you have to give it up or do you have to change how you do the work? Do you have to change where you do the work? Even if it's for a few years, even if it's for a heartbeat, right? Like what changes, what acts can you make to see if this work could work for you. Cause maybe you never know, right? Like I like entered an engage, I entered a community and there are people who are like a 0.8, right? Like, or a 0.6. So mm-hmm. they're on campus for three days. I'm like, they must've just asked somebody. Yep. Okay. This contract to be a 0.6 and they made it work. I'm not saying it will work forever. And if where you're at, you ask and they're like, we can't make it work. They're probably, if you're a good person, if you're good at what you do, there will be somebody else who will say, actually, it will Absolutely. work for us. Come here. Yes. Come um, here. And in that way, we're still serving the kids. That's it. All of what you said. Thank you. I, I, I have been finding what you just mentioned of what is the worst? Because if you are truly unhappy where you are, that is the worst. No, nothing's going to yeah. be if that that's it so the only thing you have to lose there really isn't anything to lose it's only to gain because what you mentioned too is your kiddos ultimately are the the ones who are losing because they need to have a person who's enthused happy is a is able to be their 100% self in front of them teaching them the subject material because they they're going to see that this person believes in whatever it is that they're attempting to uh share with the kiddos and if they if they Kiddos can can see it. We can see it as well. If you're with a person enough, you're like, yo, something's changed. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what's up? That little spark in your eye has seemed to dim. What's going on? How can I help? And kiddos are in front of you all the time and they'll see it. And ultimately, if you don't speak up to say like, hey, this is what I need or I can no longer do X when I was able to do X because life happens and things change. For our kiddos, we just call that an individual education plan. Yes. Why can we not then just be like, all right, as an adult, like you said, perhaps it's just for a season. Maybe it's for a year or two. I need X, Y, Z to be able to be happy and also take care of my family to do whatever. And once that's fine, yeah, I can go back to doing that. Or maybe I can't go back to that ever. And that's that's okay, too. Well, maybe I really love this new iteration of doing this work, right? Like, yeah. And that you might have never knew it was on the other side until you got to that other side. So yeah. I think it's just thinking outside the box. And, and I also definitely want to double emphasizing this caveat. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta be doing it with people who are willing to, to do that creative, yeah. you know, innovative thinking also, right? Like it's not going to work everywhere. And I also acknowledge that in education, a lot of things are very, very static, right? Mm. This is how it's always been. This is the only yeah. way that we can do things. And it's just like, if you're in that environment and that you by yourself, uh, you can make the change, but you're not gonna be able to fight the whole system, mm. that will wear you down. Uh, and so really making sure that you're, you're, you're being mindful of who you're trying to engage this conversation with, 
Um, but if they are open, have a conversation. Like, you know, hold on to your joy. This work is hard. Yeah. Uh, but it's also it's deeply joyful, deeply fulfilling uh, if you're doing it in the right place with the right people. Amen. Amen. As always, it is a joy to speak with you. It is a joy to hear what the what next is that you are accomplishing. And I think um, that that part too of how to craft or how to, um, yeah, how to craft a team, knowing like, okay, who do I need to speak to? Who do I need to have those conversations with? When a person asks me to, hey, are you able to do X, Y, Z? To know enough about myself to be able to say no, or to be like, oh, no, no, this is going to be, this is something I can do, and it's not going to be detrimental to me, nor is it going to be able to, if when I say yes or no, it's not going to like let the other person down in such a major or negative way. Because that's also something, too, that we need to talk about, too, of like, you just got to be able to say no and be okay with that no and no, like, no, I can't do everything. I can't do yes. everything. <laughs> you may it's be not, calling me a Superman. Yeah, it's no. not. It's not. No, no. But you could also, I've also learned that you can also be the person that people go to for the alley right? Yes. So I'm not saying yes all the time, Ooh. but can I connect you with somebody yeah. who can help you get what you need, right? Like, right. are you, going back to our earlier point, what does your network look like? What does yep. your relationship look like with the folks that you've worked yeah. with in the past? Are you staying abreast of people who are doing really cool and exciting things, right? Like that colleague that used to chop it up with in the mm -hmm. lunchroom, they left, maybe they started a nonprofit or maybe they're doing some type of tutoring on the side. Yep. And then maybe your, you know, your new school leader comes up. It's like, man, I really wish I had somebody to think about math tutoring after school. And you're like, boom, I am not willing to stay till 630 to tutor these children. However, I have this other person that you can contact and maybe you've got a contract with them and and the you know the need is fulfilled. You're the alley. You you provided the alley oop, and like life goes on, right? So like that network piece is actually pretty critical, and I think is especially essential. I know we talk about educate educators at large, but like especially if you're a person of color doing this work, mm -hmm. sometimes it definitely feels isolating. Um, and so. A, you know, it's really fun to do work alongside people you like. So like, mm. <laughs> I'm an advocate for making some work friends and bring your work friends with you, right? Like it's a, we roll up, we roll up as a crew. <laughs> exactly. Tell your friends <laughs> to be my friends. As a crew, but like, you know, <laughs> how it happens. Um, but at the <sighs> same time, also it's like thinking about, and I've had this conversation with folks who are like earlier in their careers, like what's your, what's your, uh, work your professional support system. Who are the people that you can go to to either maybe you need, we all have that moment in the quarter if you're a teacher that you got some heavy grading to do. Can you meet up with some people? You guys eat some good food, you get your papers out, you maybe hit your headphones on, but like just their presence is energizing you and encouraging you to go on. Who, who are the people that you surround yourself with that you can tap into when you have an especially hard time and they can provide you with a different perspective, right? I think about like in my new community, I really enjoy like, I, I love I love humans, I love community, but I'm like tapped out on a Saturday. I'm like, I'm going home, I'm doing my own thing. But uh, the, the high school principal, he runs this like basketball pickup game every Saturday. It's not, it's legendary now. Like people come from all over the place to come play basketball. There's a bunch of old people like, I'm not, they're not old. He's gonna hate me that I said it, right? Like, <laughs> but it's like, you know, 
You don't know his name. You don't know his name. But that community is probably filling some people's cups, right? Right? Like you might have had a really hard Monday through Friday. Maybe, you know, that lesson didn't hit. You had a tough interaction with a child or a parent or a colleague. But knowing that you're going to spend some time in your off time doing something that's completely unrelated to work, but alongside people who do similar work to you, yeah. it's yeah. filling your cup, right? So really think about you, like, what is your network looking like? How are you surrounding yourself with the people that you need to keep doing this work? Um, I don't think, again, going back to the thing, the thing that people didn't tell you and, and now we're like telling you, like, find, find your people, like connect with your people doing this work by yourself. No one being that teacher who's at work till 9 p.m. solo in their classroom grading day after day after day. It is going to lead to burnout. Yeah. So find that community. There are there are net, there are professional groups that you can join just look on Facebook or LinkedIn, like every major city usually has like a black teachers collaborative or something like that. And just check them out. Try to make some friends in that space who look like you, who can relate to you so that you can keep doing the work. Um, Cause you can't do it by yourself, right? Like even myself, even in this new role, right? First thing I did meant month one, I was like, who looks like me? Who is doing this work <laughs> that I can call when I'm like, this thing is bananas. And that person yeah. is like, it's bananas. And either and I'm with the yeah. bananas or here's how I dealt with that banana, right? Like yeah. and like that that has given me so much life. It's not like we're talking every day. It's not like we're talking every minute. But like when I need a check-in, when I need a person, I'm like, only you will understand, or only a few people will understand what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> Pick up the phone, vent. I'm like, all right, we're good. Or like, you know, I'm on my way home. Can we stop? You you need me? Okay, let's let's grab a drink somewhere have the drink let me encourage you let me listen and then we're going to keep you know part ways and keep doing this work uh that's important right like find it find your people so you can keep doing the work that's it folks i mean she said it and said it really well um find your people so that your cup will be filled so that you can continue doing the work in whatever capacity that is maybe it's a school mm -hmm. teacher maybe it's a classroom teacher maybe it's a principal Maybe it's the superintendent of a charter, whatever it is, find your people so that you can keep, keep, keep on keeping on helping our kiddos. And that's it to, to you, Mickey. Thank you very much. Principal Sannon, superintendent Sannon. Now let me change the title. That's um, okay. I'll always you. be, I'll always be a teacher. Yeah. I'll always be a principal at heart. I love, I love those. I love what I've done thus far in education. That's my goal this year. Do a different job, but still love it. That's it. That's it. Continue to love it is I, I, I think the, the title of the, of the, whatever role you're in, whatever role you're stepping into, continue to love it. And with that folks, I feel like that's a great way, great spot to end the conversation. So to you again, uh, superintendent Sannon, thank you very much. I'm Mr. Pierre. She's Miss Sannon. This has been another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. We'll catch you the next time. Bye. <laughs>